DC United got a new coach this week in an interim fashion, and uh, things were a lot different on the field, but same result. Three points lost uh, on the road to Chicago tonight in a 2-1 defeat. A cameo appearance from former, current DC United great Owen Goal uh, coming back <laughs> to, to pull one back in the second half, but not quite enough for the black and red. We've got quite a bit to talk about tonight for sure, yeah. but we, we, we want to get started with the game here tonight. This was uh, a, a very different looking DC United from what we've seen in, 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 in really at all this season. The, the attacking presence was admittedly fun to watch tonight. It was. We had several moments during the game when we kind of looked at each other and we were like, ha, 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 and it just didn't roll in. But I, <laughs> I, I turned and I was like, when was the last time we had a moment like that? Like we had those little battles in front of the goal. And as I mentioned, it, it looks like a team who for the first time in a while had been told to push forward and attack. Yeah. Um, you could see that the effort was there, like the intention was there. Some of the crosses and some of the balls up just like didn't come off. But um, yeah, it was, it was more offensive than we've seen and a little bit more fun to watch than we've seen in a little while. As we're live here on Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. We were so excited uh, about the attack that I failed to, to intro the show. <laughs> John Lee joined, as always, by Sam Kastner, Joshua Morgan, and, and Michael Black. And we're recapping tonight's 2-1 loss uh, away to the Chicago Fire. Gentlemen, your your initial thoughts as, as Sam and I have given ours. Yeah, I think the way you opened talking about this being three points lost, this is the first time in a while that I've actually looked at the game and said – yeah, we could have gone out and gotten three points there. Uh, yeah. You know, the team looked like they had an idea of what they wanted to do going forward. They created opportunities. I think they actually had an advantage of possession. It was there for the taking. Uh, now, you give up two goals on set pieces, which is a rough way to make it happen, especially when you generally think of DC United being a well-drilled defensive team that can handle those things but they went aggressive and didn't really cost them outside of those two set pieces so you know definitely an entertaining game to watch and kind of disappointing not to come away with more than just a positive thoughts guys i don't know how you guys how are you talking about a game right now it's such a colossal event in dc united history happened <laughs> uh and you guys are celebrating we are a post game <laughs> show are you talking about <laughs> trading pippa to miami yeah <laughs> Or was it? The, oh no, it was the international trans, uh, slot we acquired. I yeah, 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 the fifty thousand game that we yeah. sent. We made we made money on international slot <laughs> transactions over the last month. For the record, we were lacking an international slot too, so it was a very <laughs> important gain. Listen, we're going to talk all about uh, the end of the era with with Ben Olsen's uh, final game occurring over the weekend, and or sorry, uh, midweek rather, and, and Chad Ashton stepping up to the helm here but but i i want to i want to try to stay focused on this game until we get through the press conferences and then of course we'll we'll talk all about you know what's next for for dc united but it was it was exciting to watch the attacking tonight but i I, one of you guys said in the second half it's like it felt like a team that didn't quite know how to finish you know like they, they were they were building up and, and folks just weren't in the right spot or the ball was just yeah. a little late. And it's like, well, I mean, yeah, that's what happens when you don't do that regularly all season long. And, and you know, it's like, hey, th- this would have been a great start of the season game. I was and it's just frustrating that, that yeah, right? It's like, like <laughs> while you're talking about this one in a great, like, first game of the season of like, oh, it just wasn't quite there, but we can build up and there's a lot of momentum we can bring forward. Like, yeah, it's unfortunate that we now have six games left um, and yeah. an even wider gap. But And a lot of players who 
you know, for injury or whatever reason, had yeah. not played together. You know, you're right. I think that's a, a great way to describe it as a team that's just, you know, settling and figuring out how they want to play. And unfortunately, we've been hearing that for the last couple of months. And, you know, I think now with the change at the helm and having a new uh, approach out there, you know, hopefully we'll see some dividends in these last couple of games. The playoffs may be too much to ask uh, from this team yeah. considering where they are and where the rest of the league is. But, you know, certainly an encouraging thing. I think we just got word from the uh, DCU team that we're going to have Chad Ashton uh, tonight as well as uh, the captain, Fred Briant. So mm-hmm. looking forward to hearing their reactions to this uh, first opportunity post-Ben. Yeah, and, and, you know, one of the things that, that caught, I think, all of our eyes in, in really the first statement made post Olsen era is, is the lineup that Chad Ashton rolled out tonight, which was, you know, a couple critical changes and, and things that were, to me, for the most part, exciting. I mean, I, I loved seeing Kamara relegated to the bench. I, I think we've <laughs> talked at nauseum on this show about just he's not he's not had it. And, boy, Rivas and Sorga had some opportunities in that yeah, first half. We probably – we we could easily be talking about, you know, at least a point, if not more. Um, and then also none of the kids in the starting lineup, which, you know, is, is a bit of a statement. And, and I'm, I'm not totally surprised – you know, you, you, a new coach coming in, just trying to create some stability. You put the veterans out there. We saw both Griffin Yao and, and Kevin Paredes tonight coming on as subs. Um, interesting, Sam, you noted that Moses Nyman wasn't even in, in the team, um, which was a, a bit surprising. But, um, yeah, you know, the I, back line kind of was what it had to be. Yeah, I think I saw a tweet. John, I don't remember if it was you. It might have been um, our friend Kevin. I don't remember exactly who it was, but they kind of said that it made sense that Chad was going to try to play the, the veterans, um, that he was – uh, sitting the new kids on the bench, um, the younger kids on the bench, just because they, they kind of have the most to prove right now, right? As yep. like a younger player, you're coming out, like you're given the opportunities, so you're making the most of it. But it, it really falls on the veterans and the people who have experience in this league when there's a coaching change midseason to go out and to reaffirm that, frankly, they belong on this team, right? Because there are probably a lot more changes that we're going to see happen. Um, Chad Ashton has only been named interim coach. We don't really know what's going to happen um, beyond that with those coaching changes. It's going to be signed permanently. Is someone else going to be brought on? So it it really does fall to those veterans to prove that they deserve to be on the field, that they deserve to be playing for this team, and to really show that they can turn this around and play in this new era that DC United is about to have. I completely agree with what you guys are saying. Those are valid points. Also, it's just crazy times in our country still, so we don't know what uh, people falling out of the lineup that could be illness training whatever yeah it looks like chad ashton uh is at the podium so let's send it over for his first post-game press conference to talk uh, i just wanted to get your first of all your general thoughts on um the team's response tonight to what was obviously a pretty challenging week and um additionally just curious what you thought of edison flores's uh performance just happy to see him out there first of all um i i thought early when he got in there i i thought he you know was causing him a lot of problems as it started to get later I wish we could have found him or he could have found the ball a little bit more, but uh, for not having been out there in a long, long time, I, I thought he looked pretty sharp. So it was, it was really nice to, to have him out there. Um, as far as the performance, you know, overall, I would say it was a pretty good performance. We did a lot of the things that uh, we talked about over the past few days. Um, we did a better job with the ball. We did a better job of creating chances. Um, but we gave up two set piece goals that for me are, are just soft and we've got to start the game better. We've got to not dig ourselves a hole 
um, and, and just do the little things. That's, that's how you win games. That's how you pick up points. But uh, I, I do feel like we did a good job and we took some steps forward. We'll go to Thomas Floyd next. Thomas, go ahead. Hey, Chad, thanks for taking the time. Um, what were your thoughts on how you implemented that press tonight um, and your ability to cause Chicago some problems as they build out of the back? I thought, uh, I, I, I thought we didn't start perfect. And, and then I started, I thought it started to work. I thought it started to be effective. And then I thought the last five to eight minutes of the first half that we started to get a little tired and we were a little fragmented when we were trying to press and, and they were starting to play through us. So um, again, overall, I, I think it was pretty good. I, I still think we have to fix some things and tighten some things up and um, hopefully turn some of those turnovers that we forced um, into chances, just be a little bit better in transition and um, we took some balls off them and then just didn't execute going forward. But uh, well, again, overall, I, I thought it was pretty good. Thanks, Chad. We'll go to Jason Anderson next. Jason, go ahead. Uh, hi, Chad. Thanks for speaking with us. Uh, it seemed like as the game wore on, you were able to get more uh, wide overloads with the fullbacks coming forward, with the forwards coming wide. Um, how much of a point of emphasis was that in attacking Chicago on the night? I wouldn't say it was a, an emphasis per se going into the game, but obviously games, have, you know, take on their own storylines and, and start to shape up a certain way. And um, as it started to happen, I, I thought we started to do a good job and get in dangerous positions and, um, you know, create chances from those wider positions. Um, but we've got to stick our chances. We, we had a, a couple clear looks that we need to put away and, Sometimes, you know, the, those, those will completely change games. So, but, but again, like I, I thought the guys did a good job of figuring them out, a good balance in terms of when to go fast and when to keep the ball. Um, but we got we to gotta put chances away. We'll go back to Thomas Floyd. Thomas, go ahead. Uh, you mentioned those two goals in the first half. I wanted to just follow up on that. Um, how tough... Uh, was just the timing of those two goals right out of the gate and right before halftime? Brutal. I mean, just absolutely brutal. You, you come into a game, you're fired up, you're, um, and then you're in a hole immediately. So, you know, I, I thought the guys did, did a really good job after giving up that goal to responding and, and not letting them get them down. And, and then right at the end of the half where we just misjudged the, the flight of the ball. And now you're going into the locker room down two instead of down one. And, you know, those are just cardinal sins in, in our game. You know you have to start and end halves. And, and winning teams do that well. And teams that are struggling don't do it well. So we've already talked about just cleaning up the, the little things um, from tonight and if, if we start to add those things into the positives that we uh, basically move forward with tonight in terms of the offensive stuff, then, then I think we'll start to have some success. But there's, there's just no moral victories in this. You've, you've got to find a way to, to get results. Thanks, Chad. We'll go back to Jason Anderson. Jason. Uh, 
Chad, you, you obviously you made the changes up front with um, Rivas and Sorga. How do you think they did and, and what went into the, the decision to bring them in for Ola Kamara? Bring Ola in for them, you mean? No, no, I mean in the starting lineup. Oh, okay. uh, you, yeah. Just Ola's, um, you know, seen a lot of minutes. So I, I thought it, it was good to get some fresh guys out there. I, I thought um, Khan did, uh, Rivas did a good job in, in terms of being strong up front, flicking some balls on. Um, he had the one really good look on the, on the header that I know, you know, he would love to have back and, and put that away. Um, I, I thought the two of them both brought great energy to the group. Um, Sorga, uh, a lot of running, a lot of pressing that helped force a lot of those turnovers within the midfield, just in terms of taking time away from their fullbacks. But um, yeah, we, we've got three games this week and you've got to kind of balance uh, in terms of your rotation with the squad. We'll go to Tried and True DC. Tried and True, go ahead. Hey, thanks so much for the time tonight. Um, along the same lines, we saw uh, Paredes and Yao on the bench tonight, and Nyman wasn't um, in the 18. Can you talk about how you see them fitting into your lineup moving forward? Who was the first one you said? Oh, it was just along the same lines we saw. Other than Moses, did you say someone else? Oh, I saw Kevin and Yao were on the bench. I'm sorry. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, similar sort of thing. Uh, Moses has a little knock. I, I think he'll be fine by, by Wednesday. And, and then, um, you know, again, just kind of squad rotation, trying to, to keep the crew fresh. And, you know, they're doing well. I think every time they step out there, they're, they're picking up a wealth of knowledge. And we love what they're doing. Um, but, yeah, tonight's basically we, we started who we started. And, um, we tried to bring them on late and see if we could get some energy from them. And um, that was kind of the plan. We'll take one more question. We'll go to Jimena. Go ahead, Jimena. Coach, how, you, uh, how is your communication with the team? Or how, how are they responding to you? I hope good. Uh, <laughs> I feel like it's going well. Um, it, it's been a tough few days for sure. There's been a lot going on, but... Uh, I don't think I could ask any more of them. Um, they, they gave, they laid it out there tonight. Um, I'm so proud of the group. I'm, I'm so proud of uh, how they reacted um, with regards to just everything that went on this week. And um, I thought we played really well, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very pleased with, with how they've responded to me. Chad, thanks. Appreciate your time. Well, it's these United's interim uh, head coach, Chad Ashton, at the podium for the first time after a game. And, uh, wow, that was different. <laughs> <laughs> you get so used to hearing Benny after the after yeah. the games. And, uh, I don't know, it, it, Chad kind of recapped it similar to how we did. They, they they played pretty well. It was, you know, just gutting to give up two set-piece goals. Two yeah. dumb, bad set-piece goals, right? And, and uh, But overall, he rated the performance as pretty good. And yeah. I don't know, guys. Is that is that a fair assessment? Yeah, yeah. I, I think so. We we talked a couple weeks ago. Burnbaum was out, and we let in a set piece goal, and we're like, oh, maybe that doesn't happen if you have our captain and, and our main center back in. And I think you could probably say that again tonight. Brilliant uh, again is doing a great job for this team over the course of the season, especially as he's getting towards the later part of his career. But uh, I feel like with Burnbaum on the field, maybe maybe those two goals don't happen, and we we're we're talking about a win. Yeah, I mean, I think. 
regardless that we didn't see a goal in the run of play, right? This was a, a game where for the first time we saw our players pressing forward and having some more offensive creativity, and we didn't see those gaps in the defense as a result, which I think is really promising and something to really build off of going forward. I love seeing the, the positivity out of Chad, too, you know, especially these last few weeks. It, it's been tough for this team, and, you know, you could tell there was a lot weighing on Ben. I, I do think that, you know, we'll, we'll get into the discussion on the coaching change more later, but, you know, to have that kind of new optimism, that new hope for, hey, you know, this is a, a new start for the team, you know, really seemed positive. And, you know, going back to some of the discussion we were having on, on the lineup, uh, you heard from the coach saying, you know, this is, you know, the guys I thought made sense today and we're still going to rotate people through. But there, let's make no mistake, there is definitely a reason that it was all veterans starting out there. You know, as we said, this is an opportunity for them to show that they deserve this spot. They need to be out there and to, you know, have the lineup come together like that. It yeah. was definitely for a reason. Oh, absolutely. I thought it was a, a pretty PC answer um, yeah. about the kids. Obviously, I was super curious about it. Um, but yeah, I think I think it was a good answer of him saying we brought the kids on late to bring that creativity. Um, I thought it was great that we didn't hear him say they don't have a place in the team, right? Oh, he said yeah. that it was kind of about just rotating players. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know that we're going to see as many starts that they had under Ben, which is probably understandable, but it, w- it was good to hear that they're still going to be a part of the picture. Cause I would hate for someone new to come in and just not play the kids. Yeah, no, that, that's for sure. And, and I mean, it, it's interesting, Michael, you said, you know, that, um, you know, that it was all veterans tonight, but, it, but there was, there were two areas where it wasn't, you know, one, obviously in the back line, I think we we're kind of, the hand was kind of forced. It had to be done yeah. there. And, and I'll tell you, I don't think him or Briant had, the best game of, of their career tonight. I, I, Donovan, tallest guy in the field, needed to make a play on the, on the corner that they, they gave up just before halftime. Yeah. Uh, that, that's pretty inexcusable there. I mean, he's obviously still young and, and whatnot, but j- just he, if he gets any piece of that ball, well, it's not a goal. Well, And uh, Assad lets the guy go in behind him. True. Yeah, Assad lets him get behind, and you know, we'll give Pines credit for almost creating an opportunity at the other end where he went up. He had a few, yeah. Ball. So, yeah. you know, I would agree that it's not a, a shining performance for him, but I certainly don't put the, the loss entirely on his shoulders. Oh, oh no, 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 not not at all. And and I think the other, the other you know, non-veteran starter tonight was, was Sorga up top, which I, we've talked about for a while. I think giving Kamara a break and also giving Sorga and Rivas more time, they were fun to watch. And, and I mean – Ashton asked, man, this is going to be hard. I was almost going to say Olsen. <laughs> Ashton alluded to, um, you know, a lot of minutes that Olas played this season, which is true, and, and, and you know, games uh, coming up here. But I'm not going to lie. I think that I think there was also a little bit of a message trying to be sent there, too, if I had to guess. <laughs> I mean, yeah, anyone, I guess, except for, for Ben, saw that Ola needed at least maybe not for you're done for the rest of the season, but at least like, Hey, you need to take a break, maybe refocused uh, and, uh, and then try again. And, and, and over these past few weeks, you know, one of the th- small things that we've been looking at is saying, Hey, this is a bright spot is the fact that we were playing the kids. You know, I don't think if you <laughs> yeah. come in today and said, Oh, well, look, you know, we still lost, but at least we were playing the kids you know, that gets to be a cop out at, at a yeah. certain point. So I, I do think it was good to see the guys get out there and have an opportunity. I was glad to see the guys come on late because, Frankly, you do not want to have your entire team riding on the shoulders of two 16, 17-year-olds. You would like you know, for the guys that you have in there to be demonstrating that they belong. Uh, so we'll see how it really pans out moving forward. Yeah, and hopefully, I mean, I, I think I saw some glimpses of it, but hopefully they got some film on these guys and see what they can do 
uh, maybe in a different system where they're not defending as much as they were before. Uh, I, I, I thought that they, there were some bright spots out there for Assad and Gressel and, and Rivas and, and players like that. Flores coming on, he looked really good. So hopefully they have some film and, and they can sit down and maybe maybe start to work out who's going to be on the roster next year using this. Yeah, it was also news to me that Nyman had a little bit of a knock. I guess I didn't notice that. I don't know if that happened uh, in the game midweek or if that was something that got picked up in, in practice. But glad to hear that he's, he's doing well and should be back you know, midweek this week. Um, but fans reaching out here. Um, obviously, we, Brian saying that you know, I know it was an own goal, but really felt like we were going to tie it up and get a point. Hopefully, we can keep the momentum up uh, on Wednesday against uh, Philly. And I mean, it's just it's brutal to have to play Philly again right yeah. away, right? I mean, they're they're just they're such a good team. But you know, you talk about the way DC United played tonight. Um, if they play like that again against Philly, I think it it'll be, you know, hopefully a, a dramatically different scoreline, if not a different result than the last time we saw them. Yeah, um, I completely agree. We talked about it a little off air. It, it's and I I made the point in the podcast in podcasts previous of it's really hard to bring in a new coach when you have three days of practice and then you're heading into the next game right especially as black pointed out off air um you're not bringing in a new coach who's going to just continue what the old coach was doing right um it's obviously something where we're looking for a little bit of a switch of mentality and it's really hard to implement that in just a couple of days so you know hopefully even though this was a loss, the team is going to be able to hold their heads up a little bit, especially there's been so much talk about the frigi- the fragility of this team. So hopefully they're just able to move forward and on to the next um, and build upon what they started today with Philly. And you saw that, you know, you gave up a goal in the first three minutes, which for several years was a hallmark of a DC United team and the team did not crumble. You, you didn't get yeah. the uh, equalizer, or not even the equalizer. You didn't get a goal back until the you know, own goal in the second half, but you did look like a team that you know, was there to play and wasn't just going to fold up because you're right, a fragile team that had just changed coaches and you know has everybody fighting for their jobs to give up a goal that early to a team that you feel like you should be competing with you know, it could have gone much worse. So that maybe isn't the hopeful note that we're looking for here, but uh, it, it, there is a positive there. Well, in a lot of ways, they looked sorry. They, they just they look confident to me, which is something particularly in the attacking third yeah. we haven't seen. And you know, we'll see we'll see what they can parlay that into into some goals, into some wins. You know, here as we as we go down the stretch, but just just the confidence and the time on the ball was fun to see. Yeah, look, they. It's disappointing that this team continues to concede early, but. They didn't give away four goals today, uh, and I think, Black, are we ready for the next press conference? Yep, it looks like we have Frederick Briant, so we'll cut over there now. Pablo, go ahead, man. Uh, Fred, thanks for chatting. I, I wonder if you could, um, just two things. First of all, tell us a little bit about um, what this week has been like for you and the team, and, and also just what you thought of the response tonight. Yeah, obviously it was a strange uh, week. Um, with a strange feeling, you know, because Ben was in the club since uh, a long, long time. And uh, it gave us also confidence that the player we uh, we have in the team, you know, we are there because he wanted us, you know. So, yeah, it was something strange. Um, but like we said, you know, it's, it's the business and uh, we have to uh, uh, to figure it out and uh, think, uh, think about the, the game was coming. So... And we work very well this uh, this week, um, and uh, we were ready to play today. And uh, I think we did uh, a good game. Um, 
obviously we we lost the game but um if we uh if we look the 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 game i think we we were much much better thanks brad we'll go to thomas floyd next thomas hey thanks for taking the time uh, what did you think of the second half response uh, once you got that goal and, and were able to start creating more scoring chances? Yeah, uh, you know, it's tough because we, we, we conceded the goal very early during the game, set pieces again. Uh, and we had some uh, opportunities. And uh, like I said, during the first half, guys, we, we have to, uh, to keep the, the heads up and uh, be positive for the time. And this is what we did. And in the end, I think we are, we were pretty well. We had the ball, we had some chances, some opportunity to score, and uh, we conceded the second goal. So set pieces, only set pieces. We didn't concede so many. Um, uh, we didn't give so give so too, too many chances. I mean, and um, and we had some opportunity to score. So yeah. Overall, I think it was a, a good game for us, but uh, it's not enough, for sure. Thanks, Fred. We'll go to Jason Anderson. Jason. Uh, hi, Fred. Thanks for speaking with us. Uh, obviously, you were more focused this week as a team, or this game as a team, uh, playing out of the back, trying to possess. Um, Chad said that not only was that something that he wanted the team to start doing more, but he said that you as a group, the players, said that you wanted to play that style. Uh, how do you think you did as a group at that aspect of the game tonight? Exactly. You know, as a player, it's better to uh, to get the ball than uh, running behind the ball. So it was something we uh, really wants to do. Uh, not only build up from the back, but uh, you know, keeping the ball, let the ball swirling, going one side to the other side, and uh, uh, be available for for the teammate, and yeah, keep the ball and. Uh, I think more we keep the ball, more opportunities we, we, we have and less we run behind the ball. So it's simple of that. And all players wanted to, uh, to get the, more, the ball um, uh, more often, you know. It was something we, we, we work hard, uh, we work on, sorry, uh, during the, the, the last week. And today, like I think you guys uh, saw, we were much better. I don't know what's the, the number of the... Uh, the possession today, but I think uh, we were no bad, no? Guys, you have the number? For what? The, the possession, possession, yeah. 51, you guys had four possessions. Yeah. That means that mean, uh, enough. Thanks, Fred. We'll go to Mauricio next. Mauricio, go ahead. Uh, thank you, Fred, for your time. Um, coach says that um, the game was good, the players were good, but we're still missing the, the score. What we need to get the goals that uh, make the team better, not just playing, but scoring. What, what is missing? Obviously, we are uh, a team who are sick, you know. We are in the bottom of the standing. Uh, nothing is going well. So it's tough for everybody and it's tough for the, the player up front. We need confidence. Um, now we have the ball, we had the ball today, so it's much better. We had more opportunities, so it was much better for them because normally, you know, uh, the game we played before, we didn't have too many times the ball, so for them was not easy at all. 
Today was much better and we had opportunities. Now uh, we have to play with confidence, especially for the player front, you know, striker, they need confidence. But I think if we keep going like that, they're going to score for sure. We, I think they are very good player. Um, we believe of them and uh, it's coming, it's coming. We have to stay positive. We have to be beyond them and uh, and uh, keep pushing forward and uh, stick together, you know. It's not only the player up front, it's all the team. If they don't have the ball to score, they can score. Today, they had a little bit, but uh, you know, it's confidence, it's coming. We have to stay positive. You guys, uh, you know, the journalist has to be positive with them and uh, it will be better, it will be better. Thanks, Fred. We'll go to Jimena next. Jimena. Fred, what is the challenges when you change a coach during the season? It's hard, but uh, in the end, we don't, we didn't change too many things, you know, because uh, Shad worked with uh, Ben during 20 years, something like that. So I think the philosophy um, doesn't change too much. Um, it's only uh, some stuff, you know, so, and we work with, with Shad since, yeah, since I'm here, I, I work with Shad, so he, uh, he knows the player, uh, we know him, so it's not complicated, to be honest, and uh, like we said now, you know, sometimes we can say, okay, is, a, is the, the coach's fault, or, but now we don't have excuses, and uh, if we want to do something, we have to, uh, to see what we're going to do, what we're going to do well, what we're going to, we're going to do wrong and um, be, uh, be better, be the best version of, of yourself, like we said, you know, and um, keep going, working and, uh, and try to do the best for the club first, for the teammate and for, for yourself. Thanks, Fred. There's no more questions. Appreciate your time, man. You're welcome, guys. Have a good night. That's East United's Frederick Briant, uh, who wore the captain's armband tonight and uh, took some questions from the media there. Calling out that, hey, there's no excuses now. Now that the coach is gone, the players have to perform. And, uh, well, it, like we said, it was it was very different tonight. Uh, I liked it. No, I liked it. He was very positive. I like that he kind of fact-checked. He was like, no, we have more possession today. We played a lot, right? We have more possession, right? Like, he, he wanted to make sure that he was being kind of, like, backed up with the actual performance on the field. But it, it's good that we saw that and then it felt on the field oh, yeah. like they were playing a lot better and they were getting more into a groove. And I think, frankly, they're playing more to – the players' strengths on this roster. We've talked a lot about how on paper this is a very good team. There's no reason for us to be as low as we are. Um, and I think we're starting, this is the start of us seeing those strengths enabled to come out on the field. Yeah, and Fred touched on that too. When you don't have the ball ever and you're just defending all the time, you get really tired because you're yeah. always chasing the game. And he mentioned that, and I think we saw it, and we saw a bunch of half chances tonight. Um, uh, and, and hopefully as this grows and, and maybe throughout the, the final games of the season, we start to see some actual real chances going on. Well, you know, related to that, we have a question from Gene on, on, on YouTube here about, you know, how long is it going to take DC United to get out of the, the quote, grinded out mentality? And I, and, and I got to tell you, I, oh, there's, a, there's a big part of me that thinks and hopes that it never goes away in, in a sense oh. of like this team, it is a big part of the identity and this team does need to be able to grind out results when we're finally back on top of games. So, so I hope in a lot of ways they don't lose it, but um, I don't know. I think, I think you saw a lot of that tonight of like that, that's, that's not a hundred percent going to be the game plan going forward. Yeah. And it's, it's just going to take a little bit of time for them to get used to 
playing with possession again, right? And, and, and possessing in the final third and then getting, you know, confident taking and, and creating chances. But yeah, I, I think it's fairly obvious that that's going away. What do you guys think? Yeah, I completely agree. I think there's like grit Benny ball style, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that wasn't really working for the team, obviously, but then I think there's grit and there's just passion and working really hard. And, you know, I haven't obviously been a fan since 90 or 60, 96. Um, but I, as at least as long as I've been a fan, that's been the mentality of the team, right? It's a very hardworking, like gutted out team. We're not the like LAFCs, for example, who are trying to like play with style and play flashy, whatever. We're just going to go out there, do the work and like really grit out a result. And I think that you can do that in a more productive way than we have done in the past. And I don't think that this is, that's something that this team is looking to turn away from anytime soon. Yeah. If this first game is any indication, then that's going to be the, the grinded out as a tactic will be gone. The grinded out as a mentality and a yeah. love for the club well put, well put. should stay around for a while. Look, I, I know, and I'm already seeing tweets and chats in our, in our show that Chad Aston is, is nothing new. This is going to be the same team. I, I don't know if you can really expect that. He, he Look, we, we kind of broke it down in, in between the interviews. He did what he had to do tonight, played the veterans, played a 4-4-2. That's as basic and as solid as you can get. Yeah. For, for, like, like Sam said, he had three practices. So, so let's, uh, we, we had our pity party for a while. We have a new coaching situation. Let, let's give it some time to go in. I think the grinded out mentality will completely leave when we hire a coach, whether that's Chad and, and he can implement his style the way he wants or someone new who implements their own character and impresses that on, on, on the team. That'll, yeah. that'll be when. And there's a big difference between having a team that has mental fortitude that can withstand things and a team that sits back in bunkers and hopes that something goes their way. You know, I think you can interpret grind it out a number of different ways. I think we would always like to see a team that is mentally tough and really stays in it throughout and, that doesn't just count on having 11 guys sitting back behind the ball and calling it a gritty defensive performance. Uh, I do not want to see that part of the identity go away because it's something you can't switch on just for one game or one circumstance. It's something you have to really have at all times when you're playing and have that come out when you have those adverse circumstances. Now, you're going to have a lot more adverse circumstances if you are sitting back and letting people shoot on you all day without going forward. So that's a change there. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think it's a little bit unfair to say that Chad Ashton is a lot of the same um, because he's not. If you don't follow us on Twitter, I'd recommend it because we tweet out the pregame uh, press conference, just quotes and highlights. And he came in and he was very respectful. He said Ben Olsen's a personal friend. He's done so much for this club. Like, I don't think anyone can deny that. But almost in the same breath, he was like, but things are changing around here. And we being, we're becoming more offensive. That's what everyone wants to see. And we're changing tactics. And we're kind of flipping the grit, as we've all been talking about. And we're just going to change the way that DC United plays. And we, we've said it's not surprising we didn't see that tonight because there just hasn't been time. But I think that it's unfair of the fans to not give them a little bit of chance. I understand that everyone is so frustrated with this season. And everyone has a right to be, absolutely. But I think we need to afford him a little bit of grace to just kind of see what he can do. And then you know, for whoever the new coach is, the same amount of grace. I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't see a permanent hiring until off season. I'm sure the team wants to explore a multitude of possibilities. If that does end up being Chad, if it ends up being someone else, you know, the the game plan is probably just going to drastically change. Um, and I think that we can all be excited for that. But in the meantime, I think that we can expect different things from Chad because he's come out and said that that's what he's going to bring for us. 
Yeah, and, and before we get into uh, you, you know all the details of, of the coaching change, we want to do it a little earlier this week. We'll shout out our friends at Across the Pond. Um, they had a cool promo going on tonight. Unfortunately, TC and I couldn't quite get it done, <laughs> uh, but but please give them uh, some love. They're, they, they've got great food. They, they show all the games, soccer, American football, um, pretty much anything you want, they'll, they'll put it on. Um, and if you use the promo code PODCAST, um, you'll get 5% off your, your purchase. Um, but for... For the remainder of the show, I think there's obviously <laughs> something big, uh, Joshua, you alluded to at the beginning of the show, and of course we've talked around it all night. Uh, ben Olsen's out uh, as, as head coach of, of DC United. He's been in the role for what feels like ever, and he's certainly I been mean, a part of the team forever. forever. Um, and so, I mean, really, where, where do we go from here, right? I mean, tonight's game was, was indicative of, of you know what this roster can do with, with the change in tactics, but... Um, you know, as much as it's, it's great to hear from Chad and, 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 you know, it's really kind of refreshing to hear him talk to the media there. Um, where do you go? Where, do, where does this team go next in terms of, you know, do, do they, do they promote from within or do they try to make a sexy coaching hire? What do you do? Oh man. Um, <laughs> look, obviously the sexy coaching hire would get the fan base into it. <laughs> We'd all be be high for that, but it doesn't always work out, right? Uh, Frank DeBoer was a a big hire for Atlanta. A sexy hire, one would say. I mean, those were John's <laughs> words. I, I don't know if you can call DeBoer sexy in any sense of the word, but um, I'm teasing. And, and look, the, sometimes we I bring, worry where this is going to go. Uh, <laughs> who's the coach for uh, LA Galaxy right now? Big name from uh, South America. GPS. Yeah, and, and it's been a complete flop. They're almost as bad as us, and they spend the money. Um, so I, I don't know. I want the big hire because it, it, it'd be fun. It'd be exciting. I, I'd love to see some some masterclass tactics from DC United, but I don't know. Uh, hopefully hopefully it's thoroughly vetted. That's all. I, I mean, want. the way the market works out, you're not going to spend all of the transfer budget getting a huge name. It's not necessarily going to impact your spending, but it's going to be hard to be an attractive target. And we've talked about this a little bit in the past as far as, you know, will you, or will you not keep Ben? You, if you don't put the resources behind the coach to do what he wants to do and accomplish his vision, it doesn't matter how big the name is. You're still going to have similar results. Okay. I, I think that's a big factor because I, I think even coaches look at that before they take jobs. They, they yeah. look at the amount of resources they're going to have, the players that they'll be able to get or, or and, and what they have to work with currently. And, uh, DC United is going to have a job to sell this club to to a team because they're looking at the bottom. Or they're at, they're at the bottom of the table. Anyone can pull that up on the internet and look at that. I don't know if you can pull up on the internet and see the potential that the squad has, uh, and and that might hurt DC United. I, yeah, I mean, I think in a lot of ways it's like, you know, you see the, the teams at the bottom of the table, and that's also those are generally the teams that are looking for a new coach, unless the coach you know went to. to you know, bigger, better place, right? And, and now there's a vacancy, you know, higher up in the table. But you hit on a good point of like, you know, there's teams like the Galaxy that spend a bunch of money and they're on the, or at the bottom of the table because chemistry didn't work or, you know, they just bought a player who wasn't that good or they had injuries or whatever. But but you, you have to look at the whole picture with DC United of, are you, like you said, are you going to get the full investment that you want? Are you going to get three DPs? I mean, th- those are the types of questions I would be asking if I was getting interviewed. And, and I'd also, you know, understanding the totality of the situation coaches have to understand how many injuries this team's had this year. And like, regardless of the results, they haven't had the full potential of the roster. And, and even, you know, when a lot of these guys were healthy, I think we've seen that maybe the tactics weren't set up to, to show the full potential of the roster. So th- th- there's a lot of things at stake. And, and, you know, obviously the local market here, DC United's 
not where they should be on that front either. And, and I think folks that are familiar with the league um, are, are going to know that. And, and, and is that an opportunity or is that, um, you know, a liability? Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I think it's going to, I think it's a little bit too early to even like have this conversation. I mean, it's fun to speculate and talk about what oh, we'd want to see for the team, but po- I poach and Ozil are coming <laughs> together. <laughs> No, I think it really is going to depend on what Levy wants to do, right? And how much he wants to spend. And are we shifting um, to like a Philly model of really like growing our youth program and relying on that? Are we going to kind of shift to signing some really big name players and kind of going off that? I I think that there are a multitude of ways that DC United could go. Um, And I'm sure that all these conversations are happening behind the scenes. We're just not privy to them quite yet. Personally, I I mean, as much as I like love Chad and I literally just said to like give him an opportunity and I think we're going to see something different from him. I, I would also really like to see the team just kind of higher outside. Um, and hopefully yeah. that means a lot of the current coaching staff doesn't lose their roles. But I would just love to see something very fresh and very different for D.C. United. Um, this is a team that is very laden in its history. And I'm not saying that I want that to go away. I'm also just saying that, like, there's a, f- a future to look forward to. And I'd love to see us, like, start to progress and move into what MLS is becoming. Yeah, and it's interesting you point out what MLS is becoming because MLS is a strange league when you talk about the international soccer scene. It it takes managers a little bit of time to come in and really understand how this league works and understand that you're not able to just splash the cash that you want on every position. You're going to have to make do in some spaces because of the strange roster rules we have. You travel a lot. You have, you know, a a strange schedule. You've got to work out. It's, there's a lot of challenges there. Uh, I don't think we have specific names that we're clamoring for, but we do have to understand that whoever we bring in, even if it is a splashy name, is going to take time to figure out how this is working. Because I don't think there is a MLS coach there or a former MLS coach who is ready to step in and, and fill this spot unless there's a name that comes to y'all's mind. And that's why I was saying I think it's gonna we're going to see it in the offseason, right? I mean, it's very unfair to – like judge Chad by what he's doing right now. I think any coach who comes in is going to want the full amount of time. I'm sure those conversations are going to happen right now. And maybe DC United will kind of have a decision and like a top candidate before off season. I would hope that's the case, but I don't think we're going to see like the actual hiring until off season because then they have like a good chunk of time to get to work. And please, if when they make that move, I would like it to you know, be sooner rather than later. So we, can sp- stop speculating and start thinking about <laughs> the future there. Right. But you definitely want to coach in so that you know how they want to play. So as you're filling out your roster, you can build around that. Oh, absolutely. It, it, it's such yeah. a challenge yeah. to say, Hey, we're going to bring in a guy and then have him maybe not fit the system. And yeah. then you're dealing with that for a long time. It's, it's well, a challenge, but yeah. And I mean, a couple of things you guys kind of started up there that, that, you know, I want, I want to hit on, you know, one is D shouldn't haven't done this in, Forever, decade. Right? I mean, like they don't know how to hire a coach, and and, that, and that's still not how. Well, in the last coach hired was literally the guy who was on the sideline who had just stopped playing for you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, like, when's the last time they like had a committee to find to find a coach? Right? I mean, you, you got to turn I way back. We'll say that there have been leaks and rumors that DC United has had committees before now. They have looked at other coaching candidates before Shout now. It. Sure. Looking but- at you, Pablo Mara kind of leaked that we had been looking at Bruce Arena for a little bit um, a couple of years ago. Um, so, so they, I wouldn't say they don't know how. I mean, but, but yes, I, I remember, you know, the conversation you're talking about with, with the Bruce Arena leaks, but like 
Really, you brought in a committee to recommend we hire a former coach. Like, I mean, I, mean, I that, agree. That's not. <laughs> I don't know, think that was know. the move either. Uh, but uh, Levian runs or is on the board over at Swansea. Sure. Uh, so he, he could probably copy someone's notes and figure out that process. Not that Swansea <laughs> are super successful or anything. But, yeah, I, it's it's going to be an interesting process. I can't wait to watch. Uh, I don't know. It's going to be very different internally, I think. I think everyone knows how. But yeah. just the fact that they're doing it, I think some coaches or some teams go Will through coaches so quickly. I don't know. know. Has it been announced what his role within the team is? It seems like they're still working on what exactly it'll be. Which I think we can all appreciate. A lot of what I saw on Twitter, which made me really happy about this fan base, is that a lot of it was like, yes, this is time. I had been calling for this, but I also very much appreciate what Ben brought to the team. So I I appreciate that the team has also recognized that and are keeping him in the family. I hope he just locked himself in his paint studio and just like went to town, (laughs) had a relaxing week. Yeah. Yeah. He definitely deserves that. I, one of the things we're seeing here in, in the YouTube chat is, you know, why have multiple coaches been fired, but Chad stays? It's time for a whole new coaching staff. Chad needs to go. Um, so first true. of all, I, I, look, it's, somebody's got to coach the team, right? So, I mean, <laughs> had, they, had they come in midweek and fired everyone, who exactly do you Kevin. think would have been coaching tonight? <laughs> uh, they also traded the player coach to Miami. So no, he's not a player coach. He made it very clear. So, like, not, ju- not just a player. player. <laughs> um so while I can agree with you in some sense that like yes we need to ultimately kind of clear the deck yeah. and and, yeah, and bring think, in a new staff you do that at the end of the season right yeah, you just I don't think any of us are calling for Chad to get this job full time I, I guess if he if he were to win every game from here on out by a comfortable margin then he could make a case but yeah, other yeah. than that I <laughs> maybe not even win but if I saw like I, I mean I, tonight wasn't a, a like I, I said earlier this was just veterans in a four four two this is just like. See yeah, what we got. It was what he needed to do, though. Right. And like, we it, haven't maybe seen that in a minute, right? I, I, yeah. If he actually wants to audition for this job, though, we got to see a little bit more than what he needs to do. I, I think he needs more sure. than three days, though. Like, yeah. we're having this conversation. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got time to do it. Um, and I think, you know, what's interesting is I, I could see a guy like Chad staying on a new staff, you know, somebody new I comes in so, yeah. and, and you say, look, you know, you want to hire somebody who's been around, knows the players, is with the players. You put them in a role and, and you know, you build the rest of the staff around I also, them. So, think it would be a different conversation if we were like in the playoff push and like right on the line or maybe we were like pushing for like I don't know even what home games would look like this time but if we were pushing for some sort of incentive around the playoffs I would understand maybe there being a little bit more urgency in this coaching hiring but I mean I hope that we make the playoffs and I'm going to say that we were going to make the playoffs until we're mathematically not going Uh, to but I also think it's unrealistic we're seven points back with seven games okay left. listen we're not mathematically out i'm gonna say all day long dc united still has that chance right but i think realistically um you can't expect the the just the front office to make a drastic coaching hiring when there's nothing to really play for like there's nothing wrong with having chad see out the end of the season and really taking your time on making that coaching decision and again i understand that the fan base is like very anxious to like really win some games and come back out on top or a team that can absolutely do it. But I, I think that we do have to, I'd rather be patient right now and make the right decision in the end than rush into something that's going to give us maybe a couple wins right now, but not be the best in the long term. Well, we got good news for you, Sam. Uh, 538, according to what Joshua's pulled up here, still says we have less than a 1% chance. To That's more playoffs, than so zero. I, yeah, that is that We're is gonna true. We're going to make it, y'all. The, the other uh, important thing I wanted to hit on, um, <laughs> Michael, you brought it up. MLS is a very different league. There's there's no doubt. And and I just, when you said that, you, you referenced some of the European coaches. I mean, <laughs> could you imagine Ooh. 
Jose Mourinho coming to MLS someday and like oh sitting in the goodness. first meeting like with the front office. I mean, you want to like, talk about a bleak style? We're gonna yeah, true. But like we're gonna acquire this guy. We're gonna use some gam and like we might be able to buy him down his salary a little bit with some tam and like. <laughs> what do you think some of these coaches like? Do, we get a are, do they, do they like? Are, well, maybe. <laughs> You got to believe some of these coaches are like, do I have an opt-out clause? Uh, they they feel like they're Ted Lasso coming into a system. <laughs> like, Hold on. I can sign a guy, but I can't sign the guy. But I can use imaginary money. But it has to go with this other imaginary money. But I can't spend oh more God. than X amount of What a phenomenal like, comparison. I. That's great. Yes, that's probably how they would feel. Yeah, it's... Wow. Um, Mark says here on, on YouTube that the front office needs to make the new coaching hire before Christmas. Um, eight players have contracts expiring at the end of the year. And that's a good point. That's um, very fair. Yeah. I, I think, well, let's see. When When is the actual last game on the schedule here? Is it? Uh, what, November 8th-ish. Yeah. So they, yeah. in theory, they've got a good amount of runway to do that. And uh, you, you probably again, would want to have someone in place by then to start making transactions and preparing for, for the you and know, again, preseason. I could see them starting the conversations and starting the interview process now, just because they don't announce that till the end of the season. Like I think people sometimes get blindsided and forget that there are things happening behind the scenes that we're not privy to yet. Right. Like they're not going to release the list of interview names and yeah. like the list of their top candidates. I think we just have to be a little bit patient, but I would hope that they would do that forward thinking right now. It would be cool if they did like a, a, a portion of the interview was a press conference and then, you know, the media got to just <laughs> be very know, interesting. grill the person, yeah. right? I mean, why not? Yeah. Amazingly entertaining and terrible from a hiring practice. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it'd be awful. <laughs> Every coach would drop out. But from I, a I fan think that perspective, that'd be pretty cool. You have to assume that the job is like super coveted or something. Like if like Real Madrid did that at some point, Everybody wants the job, regardless of how the interview goes. I don't know if DC United have as much leeway in terms of. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd be interested, Mark, if you know the names of those eight players. I'm trying to think of the players that I absolutely want to stay for another year or, or two. We'll go. Um, well, Ariel <laughs> just signed a new deal, so, so he's good. Gressel just signed a new deal. He's good. Assad, just, we just picked him up for free agency, so he's good. Bills. Wait, are you naming players you want to stay or those players, are the players that, that I know have a contract? Look, I, okay, yeah, no, I'm, I'm assuming who you want to stay. I'm fine if the eight players haven't signed a contract leave. We probably could use a good reset here. Uh, also, though, like yeah. this is not, I feel like, a league where you can just like Swipe your roster and start a new, right? Well, and this that, is that's a multi-year too, right? process. Uh, We're not just going to sign it kinda is, though, 18 we have, new players. We have the salary caps. You know, like, between 2013 and 2014, it felt like the team basically turned over entirely. And a lot of things have play. changed since then. You I also think that knowing this team too. and their fine... Not, like their financial willingness to spend. I don't, I, nothing within our recent history makes Whoa, me think. You guys talk about all the money they're throwing around with these training facilities, well, stadiums. So hold on. Rooney. Yeah, that's where the money's going. It's not going towards players. But also, the you know, cleared. When, when you talk about, you know, with the, with the salary cap that makes it possible, yes, but it also drastically lowers kind of the pool of players that you can bring in too. Like you're going to be bringing in some MLS retreads with that, or you're going to be bringing in some, you know, which in, in many ways is a good thing, but you might be bringing in some young uh, you know, unproven players. Um, and, and then of course, obviously international slots are always a, a fun time. Yeah, They're easy I to think, come by apparently, but I think um, I would like to see us take advantage of the free trade um, because that is drastically changed, right? They just like lowered the oh, age the for the free trade. MLS. Um, Free, free agency. Free agency, yes. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to see us take advantage of that because I think that we could definitely, again, is hopefully, fingers crossed, that we have a head coach right now that um, we've kind of, or at the 
time that when these conversations are happening that we've zeroed in on who can have a say in which players we're bringing on but I'd like to see us take advantage of the players who know the league who kind of know how to win and take advantage and just play successfully um, and then having a couple like big name John Sexy signings um, and just starting to build from there and I, I think it, it wouldn't be surprising if this were a multi-year um, commitment I mean hopefully next year I'm assuming like we make the playoffs we make a push maybe we're not really making that like push for the supporter shield in the cup but we're at least like turning in the right direction um but I, I would like to see someone think more long term and you're right that you know this is a league that has changed even over the last five years you've had several waves of expansion and you're continuing to expand new teams although i think most of the expansion for next year has been put on hold uh pending yeah. covid etc they all got pushed back a year i think right i think we have to deal with austin next think, year yeah austin okay. still good. but you've, you've got a lot of challenges there as far as trying to find some of these players with mls experience because there's just more slots for them to end up in you know yeah. it's not quite as easy to go out there and say hey yo, you, you want to play here in the united states at the top level yeah we've got a spot we can make it happen uh you have to stretch a little bit more i would love to see them take advantage of some of the new rules when it comes to young vps you know take a risk yeah. on a guy who isn't going to hit your salary cap quite as hard but you know the payoff on the back end could be huge if you make it happen yeah no listen the league as a whole is positioning itself to being a selling league and there's literally no secret about that um so i would love to see more commitment into our youth programs i think that we've made that great start with loudon right that's a step in the right direction um but teams like philly and new jersey really have that down and i'd like to see us um capitalize on that because there's so much talent in northern virginia there's so much soccer talent here um so i think to long term be successful we can grow on that talent and then sell those players on and then we can afford the big name signings we have the youth players who can also play um we're not just relying on these kind of 17 year olds they're kind of fitting in with the squad but they actually have not that these three don't obviously they're on the bench for a reason but we have players who are younger who are consistently starting and making a change for this team and really putting it out there we're live here on tried and true the dc united post game podcast presented by heineken and while you're listening take a moment to uh go ahead and hit the hit the subscribe button hit, hit the like button if you haven't yet uh, <laughs> smash it in the words of joshua morgan uh and, and give us some love tell a friend uh, about the show we listen we want to hear who you would like to see dc united uh sign as a sign i guess yeah sign as head coach higher. come to an agreement higher uh as the next head coach so let us know uh using the hashtag tried and true dcu or of course calling us at 202-892-6328 that's 202-892 Six three two eight. We'll open up the the phone lines, and of course, uh, Sam's got a, an eye on on the uh, on the chat in, in Twitter as well. So you got the YouTube chat as well. Yeah, you guys are keeping an eye on. There's a few names that have been thrown around uh, this week. I mean, oh, I think, we're getting there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think Joshua, you've talked a bit about you know John Harks potentially oh. as a, a as a guy who could come in ties to the club. Obviously, um, we saw. A, Stephen Goff a bit surprisingly throw out Jill Ellis uh, as a name of someone who DC United could bring in this week. And it's been thrown out a lot. Yeah, and so I, I mean, what are your guys' thoughts on on, on at least those two names? As I, I hate to say, leading the way, but perhaps most talked about to date. <laughs> Rumor They're mill in the public the way. forum. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna let you talk about John Hart's first because you've been oh, chatting the, about this. John Hart's now. one is my favorite one to talk about because it, no one is getting paid to write about him taking the job. Uh, I'm like. I know respect the golf, but he literally gets paid to write articles that people read. And, and you put Jill Ellis is going to be the coach of DC United. People will click on that. Uh, John Harks is a solid person. He is in the playoffs right now. He's the legend just like Ben is. Uh, 
but now he actually has some coaching experience. So unlike Ben, he won't be learning on the job and, and he's done quite well down there in Greenville. He's got a couple former DC United players, uh, Klaus is down there with him. Aww. Um, so yeah. And, and they're really fun side. I don't know if you can go straight from USL league one to MLS, but like yeah. I said, Ben went from the bench <laughs> to, to, to the sideline. So yeah, uh, it'd be a better than that. I guess I, we, I, I'm not completely sold on it, but I think it's a good idea. Yeah, I mean, we, we joke a lot, you know, in, in the DC United fan circle and, and, and a lot of folks, you know, who, who've listened to the show, I'm sure, too, as well, about, like, what, what sort of ambition is this team going to show? And, and to me, I mean, look, this team has to do so much more to honor its tradition. You know, we've talked about doing that in the stadium and, and making it more part of the culture, and, and there's a lot of things they have to do. But to me, one of those things that they don't have to do is go out and hire someone who's been a member of this team before. And I, I just... <laughs> I'm a bit frustrated at, at the thought that John Harks might be leading the way here. And I, and I don't know that Ooh, he is, right? But I just I, – it, it's just kind of, like, boring to me, right? Like, bring in someone who's who's got, you know, experience, one, because Olsen certainly didn't when he got the job, right? So I think that that's one change I would make is bring in somebody with some experience and, and, and spend some money on someone with some upside. I mean, to me, that's just a – well, I guess that's not fair. Harks obviously has, has an upside, but – I don't know. I just I, I want to see a little more ambition. I want to see somebody go out there get somebody who's who's either a proven r- winner or you know. So what name would you rather? <laughs> there's, there's there's only so it's so kind of meh to me. I don't so, know. So what name Am would you rather see? So that's, what name would you rather see? Yeah, no, it's I understand it, but yeah, I, I, I'll answer that. Sam. Or what I, I type will. of person? No, I, I I can't answer both. But I, am I the only one that feels that way? I mean, what do you guys? What are your thoughts on Harks? I mean, is it? I don't know. It just seems kind of I, meh to me. <laughs> I I understand both sides of the argument I think um I just called for someone who was like brand new right and I I think that Harks can provide that obviously he's been with the team but he stepped away he's gotten different experience um he I I think we could see him I think that he shouldn't be the leading candidate just because he used to play for DC United and he was a the captain of the UN's men's national team 20 years ago right like I think that he for life (laughs) (laughs) i think that um he would be i think that he should absolutely be in the conversation and if he because of his talents as a coach and his vision for this team rises to the top i will embrace him and root for him 100 percent. but i think that i would like to see a very diverse and qualified applicant list aside from harks yeah and uh hitting on that someone mentioned eddie pope in the chat which would be I know you Is guys, coach? Uh, and I had to refute it. I, I love the idea. I love the representation that he would bring, but I think he's more on the agent side now. I think he works okay. in the same yeah, agency that uh, Pines is part of. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. There needs to be, uh, look, DC is a huge market, I think, and, and there's all kinds of people who are a super diverse city, so it, the coaching staff should re- reflect that. And we, and we talked about it a little bit before the show went on about that that should be represented. Uh, I don't know if, if there's candidates out there that, that meet that criteria and sure, certainly shouldn't be the only criteria, but I don't know. Um, I mean, right now, you, you know, you've let Ben go in the middle of October. You, as we said, you should probably have something in place by the end of December. That's you know more than two months. That's plenty of time to talk to everybody under the sun. You should absolutely, <laughs> you should absolutely talk to John Harks. You know, yeah. He's, Jill a, guy, Ellis, he, he's yeah. a guy who's talked to him. Yeah. John Harks is eminently yeah. gettable and we can talk about Jill Ellis. I don't think there is a chance that she would take this job. Uh, Two separate conversations. But yeah. that, that's beside the point. I, I think John Harks would be imminently gettable. And if after going through a, a fulsome process, they've established that, hey, this is the guy who has what we need to move us forward. And he's somebody who's willing to come in and do the job. 
that's great. You know, it's a job interview going both ways. They've and then, do we get Ian I, back? I, I totally mean, I love agree. That. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I, I just want to point out there. I totally agree. And and you know, to me, like right now, midst of speculation, the Hark's name doesn't get me too excited. But you're right. If they go out and interview a bunch of people and they decide, no, this is the guy. He's got the vision. This is the guy we want to get behind. Rock on. That's and the then right give move. him like. A year or two, maybe three to figure it out. Or ten. Not a whole decade. Well, I was going to say, I'm thinking like a year or two. Not, not three. I think, I think it depends <laughs> on what the vision is. I think if it's like, because I, I think this this whole brand really needs to Minnesota go through a rebuilding. Years. Yeah, I think that you need to allow the time and space to figure out where this team is going in the future. Because this whole entire season, and it feels like for several years, it's been just looking at the next game, just looking at making the playoffs sure. this year and just figuring it out the next game and grinding out that result. And I think that we need a longer term vision, which is a little bit where like when you invest in a youth program like that, that is inherently what you're doing. But I think that whoever comes in, depending on what their vision and mentality is, deserves a longer stretch of time. I think that if they come in and they're like, no, I'm going to change the players that we have right now, you're going to give me a couple sexy signings and we're going to figure it out next season. And like the rest of the front office is figuring out that long-term goal. Then maybe, yeah, it only works for a year. And then that coach doesn't fit in anymore. And you look for a new coach, but I, I really think, and this is where I mentioned earlier, it's like a little bit premature because we don't really know what the front office is even looking for right now or what they're willing to invest in. Yeah. I, I think we're mostly on the same page, Sam. I think the only difference is, I mean, and Joshua, you know, used Minnesota as an example, they came up as a USL team, right? So like, we're not, we're not that far gone, right? Like no, no, we, no. we've got infrastructure in place. We've got a youth program. It's, we've got a pretty good youth program. We just removed kind of the, the final barrier to entry. Thank God. Um, we've got loud. And so like, I think most importantly, it's tying a lot of these pieces together that are already out there, you know? And that's I think that point. that's what kind of struck me when you said three years of like, I, I don't know how much of this fan base can, can do that. I mean, that's we, a very uh, fair point. I think uh, one to two years of, of getting on track and, and starting to make, visible progress is fine but if yeah if, if we're talking you know to me two seasons that are kind of dead well, in year three we start to catch so personally it, in like four to five years like we should be mls cup contenders there's wow. literally no reason for that not to happen yeah that was my question for you john is you know you're saying you need to be making visible progress you know ben made the playoffs what five of the last six years what is our our bar at that point you know i, I think we could certainly say you know, a team that's playing entertaining soccer, a team that's making the playoffs and you feel like has a chance to go forward in that. But do we have other specifics that we're looking for? I also think just like within the DC market, there's so many sports teams here, right? And there's like such, I don't know, just this mentality that like no one's from DC and no one's a DC sports fan. And like to really grasp the attention of this city especially with the recent winnings from the caps and from the nats like we need to be a team that's in the talks for winning the whole league either in the supporter shield or the mls cup pretty frequently to expand the fan base in the way that dc united had hopes of doing with audi field yeah, yeah. Uh, okay joshua I, I, you make, make a good point the, the caps just won the cup and and the nats just won the series so it makes it i i, I want to go back at, I'm not completely sold on Harks. I, I understand that the, the sexy hire is appealing right now. We need maybe do need something different. And, uh, and I think I, that helps with, with fans and getting market attention well, absolutely. too, right? Uh, but I just look at where Red Bull just hired Barnley's coach. They paid they paid the release clause on his contract. Mm-hmm. Barnsley are a championship side this year, I think. That's right. I think. Um, um, so, so that's the 
the level that we're comparing. Do we want to bring in a championship level coach? Is is that so? So I saw on Twitter this week, and I I wish I could cite who threw it out there, but you know, Sam, you asked who I'd like to see. I, this actually struck a chord with me. I'd love to see a Nigel Pearson or, or something similar to that for for a lot of reasons. You know, and where does he coach? Let's inform. Uh, currently unemployed. Oh, okay. uh, was was coach? fired I'm from. Totally yeah, he was fired from Watford this year. Thank um, you. He's yeah, obviously spent some time with with Leicester City and, and a number of other teams throughout England. But what's intriguing to me about Pearson or or someone of his type, right, is I, I don't think. Well, he, he's certainly not going to be the shield that Olsen was for this front office, right? I mean, Pearson will come in. He's he's a player's coach, um, but he also calls it like it is so much. And so if they you know if, if they don't play well, he's going to call out players. If he's not getting what he needs to succeed from the front office, he's going to let the media know. You know, he he's the kind of guy that could come in, but he's also got that that like like I said, he's a player's coach, and he's he's almost got like a bit of a grit about him as well that that would be pretty fitting for a team like this. I obviously, I don't know if a guy like him would want to come over to MLS at all or for the DC United job. But I, I think to me, you know, you, you want someone that's got a bit of a name. You probably need a player's coach, but you also need someone who's going to like, let's be honest, you know? And, and if, and if part of the problem is with, you know, the, the GM and with the, with the front office, like you probably want a coach who's going to come in here and, 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 and make that known. The challenge is, is the coach like that going to get hired? Yeah, I think that's such an interesting point. And I think it all comes down to what the front office is able to pitch, right? Because, I mean, Paul Ariola just signed on to a new contract, granted while injured, but he's a U.S. men's national team starter. And he could probably have his pick of at least a couple other teams who'd be willing to have him on their roster. I think this front office is like so good at pitching to people, right? Like we got Gressel. There were a lot of other teams in MLS who were trying to get Gressel and we got him to come to DC. And I, th- I, so I think it'll be interesting just like what that pitch is. We might not ever know specifically what that pitch is, but I think that they potentially given the track record will be able to make that pitch, whether or not that follow through happens, depending on when the coach gets here and what they actually ask for, I think will be dependent upon like how long we see that coach here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I mean, maybe we do get some from, from England, right? Like who knows? Yeah. Bashir in the comments is asking, you know, what kind of tactical acumen or what kind of tactical things are we expecting out of a coach? I think for me, it's twofold. I'd like to see a coach that knows how he wants to play and wants to play an entertaining style, something that, you know, gets fans excited, gets the players excited to be doing it. But somebody who is not so rigid that they have to play the same way every time. They're, like we said, MLS is a strange league. You've got to be able to adapt, you know, game in, game out to different situations. Uh, you're going to have, you know, challenges as far as who's available, who you're playing against. You don't necessarily have to be locked into saying, this is the only way that we have to play. This is, You're not a club like an Ajax or, you know, a, another club that has a locked information you know you're always going to play that exact same way i think that's such a good point and i i mean i just made the point right that you need to capture the attention of the dc as a city i also think that like there's a very specific soccer intelligent fan base in dc and they're not all dc united fans but i think that there are a lot of people who really know soccer and they could really get behind someone who has tactical know-how who's willing to switch it up and who's really willing to make it a very interesting game of soccer for you to watch week in and week out and i think that that's an opportunity for the team to go out there and hire someone who can bring in a larger fan base i think that's what like the wayne Rooney signing Wayne Rooney signing was supposed to be 
and he was for a little bit. Um, we just didn't see that come to fruition long term, a little bit probably because of the pandemic, right? But I think that this is absolutely an opportunity for the team to either like hire a big name and bring people in that way or just hire someone who like plays very interesting soccer and more potentially more slowly, but just bring in fans who want to watch that tactical mastermind on the field. So is that Jill Ellis? All right. I mean, we, we, we've dodged that. We've dodged <laughs> the topic quite a bit. So I think no. Right. I'm like a huge women's national team fan. Um, I, I really supported Jim, Jill Ellis perhaps more than a lot of people have. I just don't think that she's a right fit for this team. I think there are two separate conversations. Like I don't see her seeing the advantage of taking the job. Right. Like I don't think that the way that DC United plays right now and the mentality that the team has is her coaching mentality. Um, and I don't know that the team would be willing to completely flip themselves for her mentality, which is not necessarily wrong of the team to not want to do. But I don't see them – I don't see her finding this a very appealing job right now um, just because I don't think she'd be long-term successful, again, with the team as it is right now. Um, with D.C. United specifically, not necessarily just with NMLS. On the flip side – I just don't see the team kind of going for her. I see them want really going for someone who wants to really grit the games out a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, I'll be, I'll be fine. I have to make the phone call and, you know, oh, absolutely. Say, call her. Why not? I'll we'll, we'll do an interview. Uh, I think there's a big difference between being a national team coach, regardless of gender, right. where you can call in whoever you want to get them in for short camps and, you know, go out and, and play national team games. Uh, you know, particularly when you're in a situation like Jill Ellis was playing with the best player pool and the best team in the world, uh, you're not going to get that same level of support from DC United. I wish, yeah. I wish, I wish you could. And and even Bearhalter has said that, right? And there have been a couple English coaches who have come out and been like very successful with their club teams, but they they come out on the national team, and it's almost like a completely different mentality. You're not with these players every single day. You don't get to know them on that personal level. You're not doing tactics with them every single day you've got like two weeks to figure it out and then you're pushing these guys out on the field and it's just a a very different skill set that you're working with as a club coach versus a national team coach yeah and uh, i kind of teased ben for it earlier but jill else has never coached a club team she went straight from college was very successful there went through the u.s youth national teams and then coached them in the world cup uh I don't think that's what this team needs right now. I, I, I uh, and Black mentioned it earlier. I, I don't think it makes sense for her. Why would she ever attempt to tarnish that? Or, you know, if things go badly, that looks. She went out on a very high note. I, I'd leave it there. And she's personally not set up for success at DC United, which is like not DC United's job to set her up for success. But again, just for her, like, why would? Yeah, you're yeah, right. Why it, would she try? If they have that conversation and she says, "Hey, I want to take on this challenge. I, w- I want to, you know, be that barrier breaker," you know by all means go through the interview process see if it makes sense and makes fit i don't think we should be pinning all our hopes on saying that this woman who was amazingly successful with the u.s women's national team is going to come in and fix the problems that are at dc yeah and i a little bit wonder where this has started because i have seen a lot of people talking about this was it just a goth article speculating i think we saw some of it beforehand but yeah I mean, no it's definitely before this week if, if people she's a good know coach who's unemployed so yeah. i think at some point i mean just speculation yeah, let us know if she's been specifically linked in the comments or tweeted us in, in the middle of the week. Um, I feel like most of what I've seen has just been speculation of people saying like, well, this person said it. Well, this person said it. Yeah. I mean, maybe she'll open a coffee shop at Audi Field and we'll, <laughs> we'll go down that path again. But 
Brian Greenberg asks here in the comments, would you rather an American, a European, or a South American coach? I, I mean, look, I want I want the best coach for the job. I think we yeah. all do. Um, if it comes down to, you know, we're, we're kind of tied between, you know, a couple candidates, right? And it's like, you know, does does where they come from. Um, South Americans appealing to me with, with what this team has done, with the, with the players they're bringing in. They continue to have, you know, good success bringing folks from south america they don't always hit um but but i think you know also having a primarily spanish-speaking coach would do wonders as well i think you could have a lot of success with getting a south american coach uh the most recent example that stands out to my mind is tata martino in atlanta Mm -hmm. uh he had players coming to play for a brand new expansion club because of his name and if you're talking about getting a splash a figure i don't i can't think of a guy offhand who i'd say would have the same kind of pull as a guy who coached the argentinian national team yeah. but you can have that kind of pull now that if, was a sexy hire for the yeah. <laughs> now, but if you're going to former barcelona coach yes that is <laughs> but if you're going to say hey uh, you know we got this guy who happens to be from south america and that's going to fix all our problems and make sure that we're be able to yeah, recruit from yeah. south america that's not quite the same but I, I i agree with you i do yeah. think it would be interesting to see a guy who you know has some spanish fluency you know is able to connect with the players on that level and again you know go through the process I don't have a strong preference on, on where they come from. For yeah. me, for me, it doesn't really matter. We've seen coaches from all those places be successful. I mean, Tobin Heath has been in America for a while, but he's from England, and Caleb Port is American. Wait, and who? Adrian Heath. Adrian Heath. Sorry, oh, you said Tobin. <laughs> Tobin, Tobin has been very successful. But <laughs> Tobin <laughs> say scandalous. <laughs> he's not American. Uh, and, and South American coaches are doing well here. Uh, so I don't think it. it our success isn't determined by that, but it nope. is an interesting dynamic depending on which way the team goes. In a lot of ways, I think, you know, what you guys are breaking down is, is kind of the most important part of this team's got much bigger things to address than just the head coach position. Right. And so you bring in you know, the most successful head coach in the world, but if there's challenges in the front office or if they're not tying the whole big picture together, or they're not relevant in the market, it doesn't matter. You know, it's, it's gotta be part of a bigger picture type movement. Can I, um, can I ask what, how did you guys feel about Casper staying? Or is that too much right now? No, I don't think it's too much. I, I, I think he should be, if you're bringing in a new head coach, I, I think his job has got to be you know, up as well. Like if you're bringing in somebody new, I would almost be asking head coaching candidates, like, do you, what are your thoughts on, on, you know, do you want to keep Casper? Do you have somebody else in mind? Should we go new? Like, cause to me, I think him and Olsen are just so tied together. But again, it's, it's so hard because all, all we know is what we've read in the media and what we've heard and what we've talked about and kind of assumed, but I don't know how, how much of this was Olsen had a say in the players that are brought in or how much of it was, you know, Casper's given Olsen talent and, or, or lack thereof in some cases and and Olsen's expected to, to win games, right? So without fully understanding the, the relationship that they have, it's hard for me to say, but what I would like to see is that the new coach comes in and it's very clearly defined from day one, right? And if, if they want more responsibility, uh, almost like a like a Bruce Arena type thing, then that should be on the table, at least to be discussed. And if the team says, no, we're not going to do that, you know, then is, if Casper's the guy, then, you know, okay. But I guess there's a part of me with Casper that's like, man, you know, he, he's found some diamonds in the rough, but is that is that what we're going to keep doing for the next 10 years? Because, you know, that, that's got to be part of the game, but that can't be the whole game. That's well put. Yeah, no, I, I think you're exactly right that it has to be part of the 
discussion. If you're talking about a splashy hire who is going to want more control over it, then you perhaps need to resolve that issue moving forward. I'm not surprised that they did not move on from Casper at the same time they moved on from Olsen. You know, I think part of the decision to move on from then with games left of the season is that there's still something salvageable yeah. marginally according to the stats we've looked at so far but you're not going to get the same kind of response from the folks on the field from firing your GM uh, so it would not surprise me to see Casper leave at the end of the season uh, I think there does have to be a discussion on how those two are going to fit together moving forward I don't necessarily want to see a coach who is also playing the GM role I think you know, you can get some positive results out of having multiple guys focusing on what they do best, but it definitely has to be an evaluation after the season because Casper's got, he's been a great asset for us over these last years that he's been here finding those diamonds in the rough, but you, you phrased it exactly right. Is that what we're going to have to depend on moving forward? If it is, I think we're going to continue to get what we've got. Joshua, what do you think? You pose a question. No, I, I, Look, I I respect everything that Ben and Casper and, and even Chad have done throughout the years. I, I think it was time for a full sweep, and maybe maybe that's coming soon. I, I agree. Who else would have coached if we let go of Chad today, and and who would be the GM uh, if we let go of Casper? So maybe those changes are coming. Uh, yeah, I think, I, yeah, I think like what Black said, that needs to be a team. Uh, I don't know if you can bring in a brand new coach with a GM who's been here for a long, long time and not gotten results and have them meshed completely. So maybe I'd love to see a GM hire very soon. And then the GM as plays a part in the coach so that they're on the same page style wise. So bringing things back to the action on the field tonight, <laughs> um, we obviously talked a little bit about, very briefly mentioned DC United traded uh, Federico Higuain to, to hang out with his, his brother in Miami. Uh, we got some gam back and immediately shipped that uh, in order to get an international spot to reactivate Edison Flores, who did have some minutes tonight, which was great to see him. But um, we got award men of the match. So who's first? Uncle. <laughs> Ungol has come back. Uh, major signing in the post Olsen era. Got that goal. Uh, no, I, Love to see the team score. I appreciate Mora taking the opportunity. I think the team gave it to, to Mora for his proximity to the the goal scoring there. <laughs> for his shot. <laughs> I, I think for me, uh, for me it was Moreno. I think he was solid in the midfield, uh, doing what we needed him to do, really animated and getting involved across the board. And it, it was good to see that out of him. So for me, it's Moreno. I'll go. Uh, for me, it was uh, Yamil Zad. I thought he played really well tonight. He uh, he plays opposite of Gressel. Gressel plays this late, like kind of backed off, whipping crosses. And Assad, both wingers can't do that. And Assad did that well tonight. He was in the mix. Uh, he almost hit a long range shot that that uh, I think the goalkeeper tipped over the bar. Otherwise, it would have gone in. Uh, I liked what I saw out of him. Yeah, I'm going to give it to Moreno as well. I thought he played really well. Um, he actually created some some chances in the attacking third as well, which was which was nice to see. Um, it, there's there's a lot a lot a lot to like about you know what what we saw tonight. And if they can continue to replicate this, I think we're going to have you know much more exciting man of the match conversations. It's, it's funny you mentioned uh, the the goal there. I I was very frustrated, you know, just just when it happened. And obviously, of course, the ball goes in the back of the net, but like. Mora had two guys that he, that he could have <laughs> easily laid it off to and, and probably would have had a much better shot uh, or at least a shot on target. But 
hey, the ball went in, and that, that's all you got to do. Sam? Um, I'm actually going to give it to Gressel for kind of whipping in those chances. I think that this – acknowledging that this lineup really played more to his strengths, he's been a lot of a disappointment this season for me. Uh, and I think he came out a lot better this game and kind of showed his talents a little bit more. And I'm going to honorable mention it to Pines because while – there's some question about that second goal. I think he had some opportunities at the other end and we're all just like crossing our fingers and waiting for his first official second in our hearts MLS goal to come out. <laughs> well, that wraps up, uh, you know, tonight's game and Sam looking around the, the league and around the, uh, around the world. What's, what should we be keeping our eye on for? Are you referencing something specific? Uh, yeah. Yeah. In, in the show notes yeah look at that we, we got a whole segment for you now okay i don't have the show notes in front of me sorry because i'm on, i'm looking at twitter thank you sorry such um, up for failure <laughs> thank you black um uh, so for dc united specifically i did want to point out that it is um well i mean just in the like u.s right it's hispanic heritage month um and dc united there goes my mic um has been uh, really promoting that um, they have a Spanish speaking happy hour that they're going to have on social media um, that Claudia is going to run um, with some Hispanic players. I don't know if they've named who those players are yet. Um, they're doing a Spanish or um, I'm sorry, a social media takeover. Um, and then the game on Wednesday is going to be dedicated to Hispanic Heritage Month. Um, the team did tweet out a tweet today which I retweeted um it was about information on how to vote and where to register and everything like that and they kind of voted it out in English and in Spanish um which was a great first step um I think that a lot of the fan base for many many years now have kind of been calling for either the same tweets in the same account to be tweeted out in Spanish or um kind of a Spanish specific account tweeting out the exact same information just in Spanish obviously there's a very very big Hispanic base in DC a Hispanic fan base um, so that was a really great first step, and I'm really hopeful that we're going to see that from DC United, not just this month, but really um, expanded throughout. And then the second shout out is just that it, it's coming out day. Um, so congrats kind of to everyone who's been able to celebrate today um, and whether you're out or not. Um, I hope that you know that on the podcast, we really support you. Um, sometimes it's harder than others to come out. Um, so if you haven't been able to, for whatever reason, we do still support you and see you. And we're very LGBTQ friendly on this podcast. Yeah, thanks, Sam. Thanks for for the rundown and and obviously important things going on. It just kind of triggers me a bit, you know, hearing about all the good things that DC United is doing this month for Hispanic Heritage Month, and yet, like, I just I I, I really hope they can get this on a more permanent basis. Oh, you know, absolutely. Like they had an account for a while. I followed it. I tweeted like five times, and then it kind of died. And um, you know, I, I just I don't understand how like Telemundo Forty Four isn't a simulcast with you know Spanish commentary or like. You know, El Sol, it could be the rate. Like, maybe the only radio broadcast this team can get is in Spanish, and I'll take it. Like, right. You know, I spent a little time, part of tonight's game, I spent in the car, and I had to, like, have the stream on going through Bluetooth instead of, like, <laughs> it's not even available on Sirius XM, right? Like, yeah. how is there not a radio broadcast? So, and I, things to, to grow on. Yeah, and I think it's super important for everyone to continue asking for this, right? I, I think we need to acknowledge that, like, the pandemic has happened, and DC United has had as a pretty bare bones um they've had to lay off some people we obviously don't know the specific finances of dc united um hopefully they're going to either be hired back or there's going to be extended hiring uh, once fans are back in and finances get a little bit more in check um 
But I, I think it's, a, I mean, none of us on the podcast speak Spanish, right? At least definitely not fluently. So I do un poquito. <laughs> the best I can do on a moment's notice. Yeah. yeah as someone who took <laughs> French for her whole life, like I don't speak Spanish, but I know that that is something that a, lo- a lot of people would really benefit from. Um, so I think it's, it's important for everybody to kind of ask this of the team and make it known that yeah. this is important. Like I, I wouldn't personally have any use from that spanish account right but i would love to see it for those spanish-speaking fans so i would encourage everybody to kind of reach out either tweet it or, or let your ticket rep know and just let it know that that's something important to you you know likewise just with knowing your voting rights or with um, black lives matter and having a continued presence um, and making that movement really stick within dc united as a fan you do have a voice and i just encourage you to use that voice and um let, let the front office know what you want to see from them yeah, and, and speaking of which, uh, Sam, the, the Hispanic Heritage Month game is this upcoming Wednesday. That's DC United's next game against the Philadelphia Union. Um, God, it's got to go better than it did the last time. Hopefully things are, are trending in the right direction, and if they play like they did tonight, it, it should be another entertaining game. That's an 8 p.m. kickoff, so we'll be with you uh, at around 10 p.m. on your Wednesday night. But thanks for hanging out with us uh, tonight. Hopefully some of y'all or most of y'all are off of work tomorrow. Uh, but if not, we'll be chatting with you on Wednesday night right here on Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken.